0: that sort of sensory overload of being someplace that's not in your comfort zone uh, is the most exciting challenge. I mean, that's, that's definitely my drug.
1: Podcast Junkies, episode number 11. Okay, so this week I was able to speak to someone whose podcast I listen to religiously. It's Eric and AJ of the Abroaders podcast. And if you don't know what uh, mileage hacking or credit card hacking is, then listen up because you're going to be very entertained and very informed because what these guys uh, are showing you and what these guys have done in terms of how they travel the world um, by leveraging the offers that credit card companies are giving you as an incentive to sign up, and then turning around and finding out how to get the best deals, how to pay the least, how to... Work through things like open jaws, which i'm it's a term I'm now very familiar with, and legs and connections and all this sort of uh, travel vernacular that they break down very well, and they make it easy to understand. Well, maybe not easy, but <laughs> you're going to have to listen to a couple of their episodes uh, on, on the topics you're interested in a couple of times over because it is dense, but it, it is good. And I, I don't hear this anywhere else. I know that uh, there's a couple of uh, mileage uh, hacking sites out uh, years ago. Uh, Chris Gillibos comes to mind and a couple of others. But uh, I like the podcast format for breaking down some of these topics and making them more relatable. So the quality wasn't all that. You'll hear uh, Eric's audio cut out a bit in spots, but I I think that's fine. I think uh, it's more important what he was saying in terms of his message. And um, that came through crystal clear. One important topic you should listen out for that is covered here is the importance of scaling and automation. You've heard it a couple of times from some of my previous guests, but uh, Eric makes a good point about why it's so important and how it allows you to grow your business um, beyond the level it is now if you're the one doing everything. So fasten your seatbelts and enjoy the show. Does anyone ever open with you being Eric Paquette? Is it Paquette or pocket Paquette. Paquette. Is yeah. that, is that uh, French?
0: Yeah, my uh, my dad's dad was uh, French Canadian, so okay. uh
1: It's not Paquette it's not Paquette,
0: then? when he gets the <laughs> right doesn't really bother me I'm not, <laughs> not too right was. Uh, we get some pretty funny combinations. It's always good um, when the uh you know the telemarketers are gone you can tell who the hell uh <laughs> who is not your friend who doesn't really know you. <laughs>
1: 'cause I'm assuming they try to they try the uh the French route and they say uh they pronounce it Paquet.
0: yeah Paquet, paque <laughs> it's a pretty funny one, so.
1: yeah so they i'm sure no one, no one has ever opened with uh Eric Paquet, the international man of mystery or something like that
0: <laughs> I think that would be an original yeah
1: <laughs> i mean like uh i so we're in the dynamite circle together, and I think that's where you initially reviewed the app, right the know your d j app
0: yeah, phenomenal app man. Yeah, thanks
1: it. man. It was oh, uh it and I was like, oh yeah, we were exchanging like we did have like that whole review exchange review uh review re- review me, review you type of thing. So, I thought that was that was cool and then you you gave feedback on it. And it was cool because I listened to one of the episodes, one of the early episodes and you're like, "Oh, we're checking out this Know Your DJ app." And I'm like, "Oh shit, that's me." <laughs> and i'm I mean, you sure you've probably heard it as well. It's the same thing like what like if like in the past you ever if your name ever showed up in like the local paper or like the news or something like that, you're like, oh like I'm famous now, like yeah, so, but nowadays
0: it's really because cool that's one of the uh one of the things that we've had to sort of do intentionally or do do with um the podcast is is go looking for, you know, some sort of interesting stuff. And I think, you know, I had always kind of been scanning through and, and finding interesting and, and cool things that people were up to online, a lot of it from the DC and, and other places. And it had to become a process after that of like, okay, we got to find, you know, cool people to reach out to, we got to yeah. find people that are doing interesting stuff so we can we can share this. Um, so it's actually been a really cool developmental thing because I've made a ton of connections because of the podcast just because it was suddenly a priority to, to kind of start reaching out and, and meeting other people and, and figuring out what they were up to.
1: What's interesting is that when you get into this these types of forums, like the people that are getting started, they're like, oh, I'll be on your show. And I'm like, "Oh, I mean, it sounds cool in the beginning because you're like, okay, I'll just have anyone who wants to be on my show just be on my show. But I lucked out because I was in a couple of forums. I had folks like Dan Norris on and James Shramko. I think uh, he's going to be on next week's show. I interviewed him and um, like the community manager for Libsyn, Elsie Escobar. Just had her. She she was really good guest because she was kind of just breaking down. She's been podcasting since 2006. Yeah,
0: um, I listened to that. I didn't realize <laughs> she was the community manager for Libsyn. I just listened to like the first ten minutes today. Yeah. Just- and I get a feel for
1: the show. Yeah, and so it was cool because she was like, she was with her baby, and I was, I left that in, and like all that stuff, and I was like, I mean, I, I think that sounds more real, man. So, so it's like everyone wants to be on the show, but then I was like, I think I made a concerted effort when I got started. I was like, I want to have people that have something interesting to say, not just people that want to be on a show. And I thought, okay, I'm going to interview like veteran podcasters who've been doing this for years. And I thought, you know, what's more interesting is to talk to interesting people who are podcasting. So, <laughs> I'm
0: glad. I I'm glad, uh, hope, hope I live up to the challenge,
1: man. <laughs> no pressure, no pressure, man. So uh, I like this show because um, when I found it, and I was like, oh, let's see what these guys are doing. Because, I mean, it's inevitable. I mean, there's a lot of, like, crappy shows out there. So <laughs> you listen to a lot, and you're like, oh, this guy's got a show. This guy's got a show. Like, I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen. But, you know, as a self-avowed podcast junkie, I listen to a lot, and I've gotten to the point where I very quickly I can figure out if, like, this is something that's going to be like long term, like my my go to podcasts and stuff. And you guys have such a unique um, topic. I don't know how many other podcasts are doing what you guys are doing in terms of the travel hacking. But uh, no,
0: we're trying to we're trying to kind of make contact with those people, and we haven't found a lot. I there's a ton of blogs, you know. I think that was kind of where we started. Is I've been following you know five or six blogs that that talk about frequent flyer news and and using points to to redeem for travel. Um, and it seemed like there was a big gap if you know I love getting my information by by audio. And so, um you know i I don't mind reading a little bit, but going through blogs, you know there's so many things that you you can't be doing when you're reading. And if you got a podcast, you can be driving, you can be mowing the lawn. you know there's a million things. Um and so we figured you know it would be really cool to start a show and and just sort of curate the the best blogs that are covering. Um, frequent flyer news and, and, you know, see if we could build a, a community around people that were trying to do this and, uh, you know, leverage their credit for, for global travel.
1: So who, who are, I mean, everyone, everyone probably, I mean, the, the first thing that comes to mind, if you're kind of you know, obviously in this space is Chris Gillibo. but uh, who else like did you, uh, I don't know if I look up to is the right phrase, but who, who kind of got you inspired like to, to talk about this stuff?
0: Well, so Chris Guilbeau is actually definitely uh, a part of the the early story for me. Um, I, I came across a, an ebook that he had put out long before he had. He's got a, a monthly program where he, you know, sends out information uh, based on credit card signups and stuff. He's really developed it a lot since since then. But originally, it was a, a like a fifteen twenty page ebook that was just sort of about uh, redeeming frequent flyer miles for travel. And I read through that. And I found a couple of cards that had sign-up bonuses, and I tried it. You know, I I applied for the cards. I got the cards and uh, earned enough miles to get a trip to Brazil, which I had been waiting to do for a long time. And the trip was going to be like a 1,000, you know, 1100, 1200 bucks to get around trip. And so at that point, you know, that was going to take a huge chunk out of my spending money while I was down there. And I got the trip for like 60 bucks in taxes. And after that, I didn't, you know, I didn't need to be sold. I didn't need anybody to to encourage me to keep looking into it. Um, from there I was hooked and, you know, just made it a, a part of my daily process of just kind of spending a little bit of time every day, trying to learn something about it and, uh, be able to increase the, the amount of travel I could do.
1: What's interesting, and have you guys spoken to Chris?
0: I haven't. Uh, I haven't actually reached out to him yet. I should. I have yeah. Definitely something in the future for us. It.
1: Because it's interesting. Because like when you guys, um, well, it's interesting. What I'm drawn to in terms of podcasts is when people have something to say about a topic. What What drew me to what you guys do is that you guys know your shit. Like for lack of a better phrase, but like you know what you're talking about in a subject that's so like super niche. Um and (laughs) and when you talk about it, I'm like I literally like sometimes I'm like stopping it and I I'm the type of guy that listens to podcasts at like two x, except and then except with your podcast I'm like fuck I I can't do that because it's like (laughs) there's so much like information being dropped I'm like ah man I got to slow down or I pause it and I'm like I got to record this episode so you guys are making me work for my information because (laughs) like oh like that's
0: that's a big challenge I mean it's it's really hard to to distill because I've been at this probably for six or seven years now and um to distill it down and and to remember what it was like uh it's really complicated shit that's why it's a huge opportunity because they make it tricky they make it complicated and difficult and that's why the oversized value exists because most people um don't you know haven't figured out how to take advantage and so Um, for us, it's, you know, AJ and I spend a lot of time talking over like, all right, how do we explain this and not make this like too dense so that they're just like, holy shit, I give up, you know, just t- turn this off, um, but still be able to give people, you know, really useful information that they can actually turn around and, and use to better their position to to increase the, the opportunity to travel. Uh, so it's a challenge, but it's it's uh, it's a lot of fun. It's worth it.
1: How'd you hook up with AJ?
0: AJ is a friend from from way back. AJ and I uh went we're in the same school system from like kindergarten on up. Uh so we actually we only went to school together in in high school, but we played sports together and stuff since we were like maybe 10 years old. So yeah. he's a he's a really old friend and uh after we get done with university, um he, you know, we were both were looking for something better. Um, you know, he had kind of found a job that he didn't like too much, and I was trying to avoid getting that job. And uh, we, we did a trip in Argentina for a little while together, and at that point just decided, like, we gotta, we got to find a way to make uh, a business location independent so that we can, we can do more of this because living in Michigan in the winter is no no fun.
1: Yeah, that's right. You guys, you guys are Detroit boys, right?
0: Yeah, we're actually from near Lansing, um but we're when we're in Michigan, we're based in in, in downtown Detroit right now, which is fun cuz Detroit's uh, definitely on the revival. It's coming back.
1: So, I am a fan of Detroit and I've been I go every year for the Detroit Electronic Music Festival.
0: Yeah, very cool. <laughs> we're
1: actually leaving at the uh, end of this month. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I uh it's like right across from where AJ's living actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, he he put his place on Airbnb uh just to kind of see see what would come in and he had a ton of people asking about it from yeah. from like all, all over in Europe that were coming in for for the electronic music fest. So, uh very
1: have, cool. Have you guys ever hit that up?
0: So yeah, we're going to be uh we're going to be at the World Cup uh for all of June and the very beginning of July. Is it is it at the end of June?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's always a Memorial Day weekend, so it's the last uh, last second to last or last weekend in May.
0: Okay. Well, maybe it's possible then. I have to look into that. I thought it was in June, so uh,
1: yeah, maybe we can uh, maybe we can double dip there. Yeah, it's it's fun. I mean, uh, I, I DJed for like years, so I've always been into electronic music. My wife is too, and so we hit up all the festivals. And it's a cool one because we have groups of friends that just we just meet there. And this is like number six, I think. So uh, well, we've got a special place in our heart for Detroit.
0: Very cool. <laughs> yeah, I got a couple of friends that you know, kind of pushed me to get into it. Uh, I have one buddy that's now doing some language teaching in, in Tokyo, and he's a nut for electronic music. He's been to stuff all over the world, and uh, he dragged me out to a couple of shows, and I was hooked. I was definitely, uh, easy, easily fell into to liking that. It's pretty cool stuff.
1: Yeah, we've done uh, Coachella as well, So, but it, Detroit is different. I mean, it's, you almost, I, I feel I feel good because we go there, and I know that that quantity of people that show up, It's it's got to be like, one of the biggest events for the city, and when you see like the rest of the city, like when you wander out, not not too far out, there's a lot there's a lot of stuff that you're like, whoa, I don't want to be here like at, late at night. So it's just, I think it's good that it's uh, it's something that's bringing money to the city.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: So like you you had the travel bug early on, right? I mean you you I think if I remember you were on Freedom Lovin', and I think you were on the. Um, Recently that I heard you on where you were just kind of you paid for your first trip and then you kind of had had the bug that said this is something when you were introduced to the whole concept of like mileage hacking that if I could do this for cheaper, then it makes a yeah. lot more sense
0: i, I mean so it, it 's great for bootstrapping i mean right a j and I started our our first company in two thousand and eleven, um, and you know it, in the early stages you know we had a little bit of money saved up, but we weren 't making much and um, you know to be able to to really practice location independence you got you gotta be able to travel and um so it made it possible you know in the first two years to to almost have no no budget set aside for travel um you know for the most part we were making a couple of international trips and if you you know plan on Staying for a while, and you know the the international flight is the expensive part. Yeah. After that, you you don't have to worry too much about the cost. You can take a bus for pretty cheap in a lot of places, or take a train. Um, and so, you know, it definitely made it possible for both of us to see new places. And I think that was really important when we were building our company because we wanted to to practice like we wanted to play, so to speak. You know, we didn't want to start a company and be in one place. And realized that we had trapped ourselves, that it was, you know, suddenly after the company got larger, you know, we started having more clients or making more money, we couldn't travel. And yeah. so the fact that we were on the move kind of from day one um, really helped facilitate, you know, building a, a business that was anti-fragile and, and was, um, you know, robust to be able to to not have to worry about being in one place, you know, forced us to to make those adjustments early.
1: So did, uh, do you guys feel like, um, like, how do you complement each other? Do you, are you guys both equally like the travel um, junkie and where you kind of both are focused on like the ins and outs intricacies of all this, uh, you know, the, the the credit card laws that you have to follow to kind of take advantage of what it is that you guys want to do? Or do you feel like you guys specialize in certain aspects of it?
0: I think we do, do uh, have some specialization. I mean, it, i I was definitely the first one to to sort of get into this um, and a j you know a j's got a really good overall picture of of how travel hacking works and it actually works out really well because he works with a lot of our our customers especially people who are getting started out and he sort of had that experience more recently where um, you know he maybe really got into it hardcore in the last couple of years and so for him uh, he has a really a great gift for explaining and, and simplifying things in a way that that makes it easier for other people to take action so he's written a lot of our materials he's you know produced a lot of content for the website um and he's also a pretty skilled web web guy uh, works a lot with our our other businesses is web development and, and design and so he kind of built that skill set originally working for clients and now it's paying off big time uh helping us build out the broader site um and you know sort of be in a position where we're working on some web apps and some other stuff. Um, so he's been doing a lot of that, and I've been more of the technical, like really looking at the advanced stuff, especially for our – we're kind of looking to, to target higher-end clients, right? So the people that can benefit the most – sure, if you're a broke college kid, you can, you can definitely win with Travel Hacking. Yeah. But the guy that, that has a business that spends you know $100,000 a year, and he's already spending 10000 on international yeah. travel – or he he or she wants to, to do business or first class instead of, you know, slug it out and coach, that person can benefit to the tune of twenty or thirty grand a year in savings. Yeah. And so that's what we're trying to figure out is really how to scale around those high end customers that really have the value to to pick up.
1: So how's that how's that picking up like for you guys? And and how what, what type of strategy are you doing to actively target that clientele?
0: So well I think the first thing I mean we've got a, a really good first round of, of clients. You know, we haven't been doing this on a paid basis for too long. You know, we, we started out doing it for ourselves then doing it for friends and family realized that we definitely had a market. And so we kind of jumped into providing and we haven't done a ton of marketing. You know, we've had people organically find us through the podcast and through, you know, other, other relationships. And so right now we're really focused on, on building the product because you know what I, I necessarily need to be able to travel where I want to go isn't exactly what all those clients are looking for. For example, a lot of them, are doing way more travel from Asia and from yeah. Europe, and I've spent a lot more time in Brazil and other parts of Latin America, and so it's sort of a new learning process. I'm I'm learning the tricks to go to those places um, and how to deal with opportunities that are only available if you have a high volume of spending, because that's another thing that we haven't you know, done a ton of, we don't spend a half a million dollars a year on credit cards. And there's a lot of businesses that do. And those folks have huge, huge upside, you know, to get into this. Um, and so we're just, you know, we're, we're bringing on clients slowly, but surely, and just making sure that we can maintain the quality for people to, to really deliver uh, a lot of value to them.
1: Yeah. Just something I'm taking advantage of recently is the, uh, the Delta's got the corporate, um, the corporate matching miles thing. Because I I would always sign up for Delta, and it says if your company uses uh, Sky Bonus, I think it's called, on Delta, then put in that number, and then your company will get credit. And then I thought, well, I have a company, like I have my own corporation, like why, why shouldn't I? Why don't I sign up for that? So I was like, shit, I got, I did that, and then I was like, okay, and then I use that bonus when I signed up for my miles, and I told my wife, like, do the same thing, like put that as your employer, and I was like, man, that's got to be an easy way to earn some additional miles.
0: Yeah, and almost all the airlines have that. Um, there's there's a there's a business program for American. There's a business program for Delta. For United. So uh, yeah, it's one of the great kind of double dip opportunities uh, with with Milo Journey.
1: I, I probably should have uh, started by asking you like where where you're at right now.
0: I'm actually in uh, Lansing. Uh, well, just outside of Lansing. Hey. I'm back home. My sister just graduated from university, so I'm home for uh, for that. And I got a buddy getting married at the end of May. So I'm home in michigan until uh until june 6th june 4th and then uh back to brazil for the world cup
1: so what advice do you have for your sister
0: (laughs) and she i don't think she needs it uh i'm I'm really proud of her she's uh she's really really sharp uh landed a pretty cool job right out of school and uh she actually did the branding for broaders uh so uh, she, she's, uh, helped us out a ton. And I mean, I've gotten tons of great feedback. A lot of people, you know, have said they really like it. Uh, she's doing branding for, you know, statewide campaigns for, uh, her, her agency right now here in Lansing. Okay. And so, uh, yeah, she's probably got more stuff to teach me about <laughs> <laughs> At least with respect to branding, you know, I'll put something together and, uh, you know, I'll, something on the website and she's like, you, you can't use a different font. It has to be the same font. How hard is this? I gave you the fonts. Do, do you need me to send them to you again? I'm like, I'm
1: sorry, I thought I could another bite. That's cool that you have someone that has that eye. Because yeah, you got, yeah I mean, your your site looks really polished, and uh, you picked a, a, a good theme as well. And that and that logo, um, it's kind of. It reminds me of like a, a guitar pick for some reason, but like a sideways like thing. But anyway, like that broader. Yeah, the, the
0: bubble. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, yeah, yeah.
1: That's,
0: I, I haven't thought of that, but uh, <laughs> that is kind of how it looks too.
1: So who, so, um, the other thing that you guys, I mean, it's cause it's just interesting. Like a, if you've got the right, um, combination of, of people together, you can kind of present this package of like, we've got the, we've got the information, which is the content. We've got a really good looking site. We've got the logo, you know, we sound well, uh, you know, it's this kind of like unique, um, perfect storm of things you have to have in order to get attention from, you know, people from listeners that says, okay, this guy, you know, sounds good, but then I go to a site and it looks like, you know, he it was like ten years old, it's never updated, or the logo looks like it was like, you know, hand drawn, and and so it's cool because you guys got that, and then you've also got your you got your 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 passion for music, and then because you, you're throwing all these uh this this cool music which I love, which just something I was drawn to at the end of each podcast episode.
0: Yeah, that's one of my favorite parts actually, because you know AJ and I also have really different music taste, and so. Uh, we try and as much as possible alternate uh, who's going to pick the jam for the week. And I found a lot of really cool songs uh, because, you know, he's handed off the the jam for that week. So um, I think it's, yeah, it's really cool. I I think Ian and uh, Dan were doing it at one point on Tropical NBA early on. uh, And so we, I think we kind of grabbed the idea from them.
1: Yeah, I had heard it too. So when you get to the end of one of my episodes, you'll notice that I do the same thing, but I kind of Partnered up. Um, I, I took like a, a mastering class a while ago with a friend of mine, fantastic musician. His name is uh, George Abayana, and his 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 uh, band is Cedar and Soil, but he does all the music. I mean, the guy's like a freaking super talented musician. It's like on his tracks, he plays the drums, he plays the guitar, the bass, <laughs> like the the piano. And I'm like, dude, my like, God, like you're way too talented. Like how come you're not like blowing up already? So as I was getting started, I was like, why, why don't you be my musical curator? Because he loves music, he goes out to bands yeah. and down to see a couple of shows, and he's like, "Oh, that would be awesome!" So he sends me like uh, tracks all the time. I think for like you know one of the upcoming episodes, I'm going to bring him on. I got to get I got to get him into the spotlight. But so yeah, he curates the music for me, and so he gives me a paragraph and he gives me the, the links, and then that's the kind of the the stuff that I plug in at the end of each episode. Um, Very cool. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm sure I don't I'll do have his. Have
0: to work him into the international gems. So where's he from? <laughs>
1: Yeah, 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 I'll give you one of his tracks. He's here. He's, uh, he lives in Brooklyn. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I'll send you one of his tracks. Um, he's done videos. Um, he's just super talented, man. And I'm like, man, we got to get you more well known, at least as the curator. And then I'll get him on the podcast and we'll, maybe we'll wrap up the final episode. Cause I, 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 I kind of like talk. I, give the description of what he sends me. and But I don't like have the passion that he sends because he writes a paragraph for like each band. He's like, this band has inspired me is like touches a radio head with a, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, wow, I don't even hear that. So that's cool that he does that. So when did you realize, because you had the website before you had the podcast, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the website was was in rough shape early on. You know, we, we sort of, it took a little bit of time to transition and shift things around in our, our other business to, to allocate enough time to really be able to do it. And so I think for a while I was sort of just databasing resources, you know, making uh, a lot of it was built in Google Docs. You know, I just had spreadsheet after spreadsheet of, of all this info. Um, and so it was a little bit of a, a building process with AJ and I to, to sort of start putting that content out. And we're still not even close. You know, we still got eighty percent of the stuff is still offline. Um, So you know, we got a long ways to go. But um, you know, I'm really excited about how it's how it's working. We kind of you know, we just we look at it as chipping away. Um, You know, we've we're having a great time doing what we are now. And I think the podcast was a great place to start the focus. Uh, It was something that. When we started, you know, we knew that that was, that was going to be committing to, to the idea. Once we had a, a show, uh, you know, we were going to have to follow through with, with everything else. Uh, so it was a good catalyst to, to really get the project into a little bit more serious mode because, uh, you know, we were kind of just, just putzing along, adding stuff here and there. uh um, we started the podcast, it really accelerated the, uh, the project as a whole.
1: Because I think what you find is like, I don't know if this has been your experience as well, but there's something different... Um... About actually listening to someone, and if they're consistent, if they take it seriously, and they have an episode out every week, it's almost like your go-to show. And then you have your, you know, list of five or ten podcasts. You're like, okay, I know that these guys are consistent. They take podcasting seriously, and they're gonna, I'm gonna have something new to look forward to, like a new episode, if you will. And you guys are delivering that, and I think people hear you, and it just resonates more when you have someone that's talking to you. Um, And you get to become, it's funny because you become familiar with these people's voices and I'm like, oh, it's Eric with the news of the week on travel hacking.
0: Yeah, it's fun. It's also really interesting. I think um, you hear people's voices and, and you I always try and imagine what they look like. You know, I'm always trying to figure out what that person looks like. Um, and it, it's, it's really funny because I think, I, you know, I've been surprised a lot. I uh, see this guy that's got this really deep voice and, yeah. you know, you think he's maybe like a six foot eight, you know, 300 pounds. And he's just this little short dude. Uh, so I always found that great, but yeah, you get used to it. You know, you, you come to, to sort of expect um, a, a certain level of, of discussion. And, and I've certainly grown attached to to the podcast that I listen to regularly.
1: Yeah. It's funny. One of the stats that, um, I mean, you hear about a lot of things going on with, with podcasters and especially since, um, um, I was in a podcasters paradise and apparently like most people that get started, the, the point where they drop off is episode seven. So like, apparently once you make it past episode seven, then at least you've made it past a a big majority of people who say, I'm going to podcast and then just like give up. Good to know. Good to
0: know. All right. So yeah, you you just cleared the the last the last hurdle. Now you're now you're running downhill.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah So because you realize it's got a lot of work, man. It's like this isn't freaking easy. And then when when you throw things like adding like outro music to it and and show notes and all that shit, and it's like, oh man, this is this is work.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was it's been a huge relief. I think around episode 15 we finally really nailed down our process um and we're able to, you know, now we just upload the the raw audio files and our team's got it get it set so they can put the show uh, and it comes out really well. It comes out better than it did when I was making it. Um uh, but you know, I used to spend like 6 hours on on all the editing and, you know, and with preparation and research Recording the episode and and doing the the finishing touches. It was a, a huge amount of time before we we kind of sourced it to our team. So, so, um,
1: so. Um, you were yeah. Because I like to talk a little. Uh, sometimes uh, I deep dive a little bit into the the actual production process because it, it it interests me because I'm a, a bit um, hands on when it especially since I produce music myself. So naturally, I was like, oh, I can produce a show and produce the audio. But just because you can do it doesn't necessarily mean you should be doing it. Uh, and, and, and <laughs> so it it sounds like you guys were using uh v a s before this and it, and you just kind of maybe taught them the process of what you guys needed to get done for a podcast show
0: yeah, well, I mean first we had to figure it out ourselves right uh you know i mean that's that's always step one with anything you wanna uh eventually uh, replace yourself and and train somebody else to do it you gotta you gotta know what what constitutes Good quality, what constitutes um, uh, a job well done, and you know I think that's a little bit more complicated with with podcasting than than maybe some other things It's not totally mindless work, especially early on, you know we also had to get better at producing a show that was easy to edit. you know the early shows you know there's there's all kinds of screw ups that, yeah. there's you know big we we had to learn how to kind of write a show. We still sort of draft out a show because there's a lot of current events and news stuff that we want to make sure we cover. Um, I'm not the most mentally organized person, you know, I, I'm not the type that reads off a script, but I, I gotta have like an outline of what we're going to talk about or I'll get totally lost and we'll miss, you know, important stuff that we wanted to cover. Um, so I think, you know, overall we got much better at producing the, the raw file and then, you know, slowly but surely I replaced certain steps. You know, I had, had somebody doing uh, a little bit of editing and then I'd still put on the, the jam at the end. Cause I wanted to make sure the jam came out just right. And, uh, it's a, it's a little bit of a, a mental, uh, exercise to be able to let go and just
1: be yeah, like, man. okay,
0: I'll let somebody else do it. Uh, I'm well, a, to do it every week before it comes out.
1: There's a there's a science to that because especially like if you're like uh, if you like the music part and you know I, I keep saying I'm OCD about this stuff but like even the blend like when someone's like the talking and then like okay this is where I want like the slow build up to the music to come in and and if you. Unless it's, like, you doing it, no one else is going to do it, like, exactly like you want to do it, and you're just like, oh. And then you have to, like you said, probably just live with what they did, li- <laughs> live with what they've done, even though it's not exactly where you would have brought the music in, and you're like, okay, I guess it's...
0: Yeah. I still micromanage that part <laughs> a little bit. I still give them uh, little time counters. And like, 23 minutes, that's where this, the music's going to come uh, in. Oh,
1: that's funny. Yeah, uh, there's a saying, um, what is it? Uh, Perfect is the enemy of good. Yeah definitely true <laughs> so so but, but are you at the point now where you've, you you've got just the the final m p three from the recording and then you just hand that off
0: yep yeah we we use basecamp for for almost all of our projects across the broaders and and green growth media as well um so we basically put the show, we've got a project for show notes and AJ and I, um, uh, will both contribute our part. AJ, uh, writes, you know, around half the show most of the time. And, uh, so we just both kind of have a, a Google doc that we, we brainstorm in. And when we've got roughly everything that we want to put in, uh, we sit down and do a recording and, uh, then we just upload the file and everything else happens from there. Not always, but most of the time it, uh, it goes pretty good. How's
1: that, how's that, uh, feel from like, um, like a mental standpoint, like a, like a weight's been lifted?
0: Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, for me, um, there's something sort of addictive to me, um, about being able to take something that used to take your time and, and scale it and and be able to have someone else doing that for you. Um, you know, I took obviously a lot of pride and time early on and I really wanted it to be, you know, I wanted to make sure quality was a priority, but when, if, and when you succeed at taking a task and, and being able to delegate it to somebody else, you free up creative time, you know, you free up energy to, to do something else. And so, you know, I kind of feel like it's, it's building a mountain um, and slowly, but surely you add new things that other people can help you with. And that frees you up to take the next creative um, enterprise underway. And, and so, you know, if you build good processes, you don't ever have to go back and do those again, or, or, you know, it's low maintenance to go back and make adjustments. And so it's like, I'm scaling, you know, my abilities to, to way beyond, you know, if I had to do all the stuff that I, that I at one point taught somebody else to do, I would, you know, I'd be working all the time. Um, So it's the key to freedom.
1: Yeah. Super important, man, because it just, that that key is making it scalable because you could do it to the point where you got your hands on everything, but you're never freeing up your mental energy to kind of where, what are the creative things that only I can think about? Or what are the the things that are are going to take my business to the next level? And if you're freaking editing MP3 files, that's never going to happen.
0: Right. Yeah, definitely
1: switching gears back to like um, the whole concept of like what the show is about. uh, Is, was there a point that you, you thought that travel hacking and I don't know if that's the right phrase for the niche niche that you guys are in, but we'll call it that for now, is that that that, that could be a business?
0: Well, so I think, first of all, I get a lot of help along the way from from some really great people. Uh, I spent about Three months in Brazil with uh, Adelson Nessa of uh, Mimic Method, also a DC guy, okay. and um, yeah, really, really sharp. He had built. Um, he was in the process of working on one of his language courses at that point, point. Um, and so you know, essentially, the service he's he teaches language in a in a method of of learning to repeat sound and. Okay. So he was building out this course and you know, sort of creating all these materials. And I was completely inspired. I was l- watching what he was creating. And I was like, so Wait a minute! People just sign up and pay you money, and then after that, you just like give feedback once or twice, and and the whole course just happens. He's like, Yeah, I mean, that's that's the idea. Then I don't have to work after, after they sign up. <laughs> you know, so I was like, Holy shit! Like that—that's amazing. That sounds I mean, cool. Yeah, that could be done. Um, and so that was sort of the the seed of of realizing that. A, there's definitely value. And at the same time, uh, so he was teaching me, helping me learn Portuguese, and I was helping him learn travel hacking. And so, awesome. you know, he was, you know, kind of asking me questions about that. And I started to realize that it wasn't just him that could get big value out of, out of learning how to do this stuff. And so, you know, I had a couple other friends that were interested. And as I started to scale with a few more people, still at this point doing it for free, I realized that um, a lot of the questions overlapped. And that was something that he he made really clear. Like he said, I said, isn't it a ton of work to give feedback to somebody trying to learn Portuguese? He said, no, because every English speaker makes the same mistakes. Yeah. They all do the same stuff wrong. And I really, you know, that's that's totally true about travel hacking. There's just like, you know, a few things that
1: the basics. Um,
0: make it hard for people to get into it are sort of barriers to entry and, um, you know, that they need to know how to do correctly to maximize their their value out of it. Um, so that was kind of where the, the idea took hold and we've just been chipping away trying to trying to make it better ever since.
1: Is this the only thing you guys are working on now or is it just or is it just variations on this theme?
0: So we uh, we got a couple other uh, irons in the fire, so to speak. Um AJ's still doing a lot of work with our, our web dev and, and design company. Um, we've got, you know, kind of an existing set of clients and is I think we both really want to move to to doing a broader more. Um, but at the same time, you know, we've kind of we're in something pretty good with with the web dev, and I think it's also a lot of skill sets that have translated really well to this, and will translate to future businesses as well. So knowing how to do email marketing, knowing how to manage social media, build sites, build web apps, a lot of things that other clients have asked us to do for them, we're now being able to to actually benefit from doing for ourselves. Um, so we're not ready to let go of that one yet. And uh you know I think that's another part of the the challenge is like, okay, how can every minute that we we can source to someone else or that we can build processes around in our other business frees us up to put more energy into a broaders um, so it's it's been a good you know sort of balancing act, and I think uh you know hopefully in the next six months we're going to be moving to more than fifty percent of both our time on on a
1: I've heard you on a couple of other shows does a j do interviews, or are you kind of the voice of uh the abroaders so far it's just been me I think
0: um he's first of all he he just got uh just got back from being like down for the count couldn't talk for a while I was really sick so uh hopefully he's gonna be able to record for uh for this week still but um you know I think that's ultimately the goal is for both of us to to put a big effort towards outreach yeah. Um, and whether that's doing shows or, you know, also a lot of really good stuff has come from, from just emailing people and, and, you know, letting them know what we're doing and asking them what they're up to and seeing where there might be synergy to, to collaborate. So he's definitely played a big role in that, but I don't think he's done too much, uh, audio interviews.
1: Yeah. You're now the voice of uh, a broaders.
0: <laughs> <laughs> cool. Cool title.
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah, cause I mean, the. Uh, Myself, I'm. I think obviously, what I'm drawn to is the travel part because I, I do travel. My wife and I do travel. You know, we, we try to do one big trip a year. Uh, last year, we did Italy. Um, the year before, we did like um, uh, Madrid, Barcelona, Berlin, and Paris in one trip. So awesome. yeah, that was awesome. So we've done you know Machu Picchu. We've been Argentina as well. So definitely like fanatics in terms of culture but they've all been like i mean i i, I did like the very basics like i just kind of stuck everything with i stuck with one program delta sky miles and i just kind of try to ma- maxed out my opportunities there and it helped out because i think um the europe trip we did we bought the tickets with sky miles and i think the trip before when we went to argentina i think we were able to get the, at least the, the base tickets of the round trip um through miles as well. But I think the stuff that you guys preach is come, is like the next level of that, right? It's like, how do you not only just buy a round trip ticket, but if you want to, you know, I'm, I'm getting more familiar with phrases like open jaw, which I, yeah. So,
0: one of the big, the big differentiators between in terms of value, like one of the things we do is, is we track what the revenue ticket would cost on everything deemed yeah. for miles. Um, and that's one of the huge value adds, um, and also in terms of quality of experience is if you can do an open jaw or a stopover, you're adding a whole nother city into your trip mm-hmm. um, or maybe a couple. And so, like, um, you know, that's one of the things that changes occasionally, but it's relatively consistent within a program. So um, you know, American, for example, just eliminated their open jaw, mm. or their, their stopover rather. And so, you know, before you could do it, there were all these hacks around it. There was all this literature that had kind of built up around how to maximize the American airline's stopover. And then one day they just made an announcement. Actually, I don't even think I said anything, uh, but the blogs, you know, jumped all over it. They're like, Oh shit, all of a sudden you can't do that stopover anymore. So,
1: so, so that take that for example, like You mentioned the blog. So is that just a function of you? Like you literally like follow all the blogs, the major blogs that talk about this stuff. And then just like eventually someone stumbles onto it because they tried and it didn't work. And then like, that's how you find out about it.
0: Sometimes. I mean, sometimes the airlines are are a little more transparent about what's going on. Uh, Delta, for example, this year, uh, they made an announcement that they were devaluing or raising the prices on on award tickets in February and then again in June. And obviously, you don't like to hear that, but it's really nice to know in advance when it's going to happen so that you can plan your trip accordingly. Um, So uh, I would say more than half the time, you get some advance notice from the airlines. Sometimes things just change, and they'll either announce it without notice – or sometimes they just try and sneak one by and, and don't tell anybody. But you know, there's some fanatics that are following this, and they know. You know, they immediately know when this stuff changes. So uh, it's not like it stays secret. And you know, if you're trying to learn this stuff on your own, there's a couple of blogs that you can follow. There's probably a link to to one of them in every one of our show notes. Yeah. And if you follow these guys, you know, you'll know what's going on. It's you can't miss stuff for more than a couple of days without one of them making what, a post about what
1: are, it. What What are some of the ones people should follow if you had to recommend three? And I'll make sure I put them in the show notes
0: so uh the points guy is a really good one yep um view from the wing
1: mm-hmm.
0: and the uh, one mile at a time okay. one mile at a time view from the wing and, and the points guy were oh. kind of the three original ones that I, okay. that I started following really good info but there is a bit of overlap you know you could follow two or one of them and still get most of the info
1: or you could just listen to a broader's or you podcast.
0: it <laughs> for you. I mean, that's that's one of the big things. It's it's a lot of work. I love reading this stuff. I'm I'm a total nerd. You know, I want to yeah. know like what the what the new first class seat looks like. Whether you know whether you're getting they they write about all this crazy <laughs> stuff. Um, and so you know, it's been an interesting challenge to t- try and boil that information down. Uh, you know, when I go through my RSS feed, sometimes I spend way more time than I have to because I just, I love reading about it. Yeah. Uh, but that's our goal is to like curate it down to the bare essentials, the stuff that's major changes in programs that you're maybe accruing points in or you're, you're working on on being able to redeem some some points for a trip. We wanna make sure that we get the mission critical information that you gotta know about, you know, what it costs to get from A to B, whether you can get that stop over and open jaw on the way, and you know, anything that you're gonna run into in terms of fees. You know, sometimes you get close in booking fees to get taxes and fuel surcharges. So we want to just boil all that down and make it possible to to book your trip with without having to to read, you know, hours of blog real to, to, to find it out
1: as best as you can because you you guys boil down boil this shit down and it's still dense, man. It's still a lot of, a lot of info, a lot of details. You got to listen to the stuff two or three times over just to get that the the gist of it.
0: Yeah, it's that's why it works. You know, that's why it's uh it's valuable because it's it's complicated and the airlines know it. And, you know, frankly, that's that's the only reason it exists, right? You know, if, if everybody were taking them to the cleaners like we are, they wouldn't be able to do it. But most people redeem their points for, you know, a coffee maker or a bicycle and they get, you know, a 10th of the value that you can get if you redeem it for a one-way trip to another continent on the other side of the world. Um, so yeah, got to thank, thank them for the complexity. That's what makes it work.
1: That's where you, uh, yeah, that's, that's where businesses or entrepreneurs find the model at because, if you, it's the, the whole essence of taking something that's complicated and simplifying it for the everyday person. If you can do that, you know, you, you're, you'll soon discover that people are willing to pay for that.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm, I think I, I didn't quite get to. I kind of lost lost my train of thought earlier when I was saying you know people that helped me out. So Adelso was the first one, and Dan Andrews was was the yeah. one that really sat me down. It was like, all right, whatever you're, you're thinking, just stop. You you have it right there with the travel hacking thing, you know. Because I told them like how we got to to DKK, the the conference last yeah, year, yeah. and AJ and I paid sixty five thousand miles each and like one hundred and thirty bucks, and we got to Bangkok and we did an open job so we could spend some time in Ho Chi Minh. And I sat down with Dan and Ian for like an hour and just like explained to them, you know, sort of what we were thinking. And they just kept coming back to that travel hack. And they're like, you know, we're, we're spending all this money on, on international travel. We've got like all these Amex points and we don't know what to do with them. And they said, you know, like, all right, maybe some people want to learn, but if you want to make money with this, there are people sitting in this room that would pay you money to do this for them. Um, And so that's what we created, you know, the, essentially the, the, Service is a completely done for you. We look at your portfolio and your frequent flyer points, and we ask you where you want to go, and yeah. then we just figure out the best way to build the balances to be able to redeem that. And then we book the flight so you don't have to sit for hours on the, uh, on the phone with the airlines.
1: Yeah, it's been mentioned a couple of times, but definitely another shout-out to the Dynamite Circle. I think uh, talk about a, a group of folks just hustling and making shit happen, man. I'm really inspired day in and day out. Uh, by the people and the stuff that they're doing on that site, so
0: yeah, it's phenomenal. It's uh, definitely the biggest single value add uh, that I can put a finger on from you know since we started hustling was was being a part of that.
1: So yeah, I think what I like about it is when I think about why I find it so useful is because I'm a big proponent of like the whole hacking concept, biohacking, productivity hacking, like you know travel hacking, whatever. But at its essence, what it is, it's like. Um, find the people or find the sites or or find a source that are condensing a lot of a lot of information into one site. Because you mentioned all these feeds. I could follow all these feeds. I could follow, you know, uh the 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 um Chris Grillabeau and the Point Sky and like four or five different other feeds and I could read through them. Or I could go to folks who have been doing this for a while, who know it, you know, better than I ever will and they'll kind of just like Condense it, you know, for lack of a better term into something that's where I can um, get the value out of what they're saying and figure out if there's something, you know, grab the nuggets in that information that are useful for me. And I'm like, as, as uh, an everyday traveler as opposed to like listening you know I, I everyone wants to make the best use of their time so for me and like quite honestly the best use of my time is not reading those blogs right. you know it's it's listening to your blog like I, if i want the latest i'm like oh they just told me about like what's changed in the freaking city bank like <laughs> mileage yeah. redemption policy i would never like freaking literally like even think that I, that's something I should know until I I try to redeem my miles and I find they don't work or they expired and <laughs> just, just you know simple shit like that and I'm like well th- this is this is what the service these guys are providing and it's it's almost like you, it's a service you didn't know you needed until you stumble upon it and you're like oh this is perfect
0: yeah well I think that might be our marketing. <laughs> Issue, you know, our marketing problem to solve is um, it's not on everybody's radar. You know, I think uh, until somebody hears a firsthand story of somebody that's like, oh, yeah, by the way, I got this, you know, international trip for 200 bucks. Um, I think a lot of people don't realize that there's that much uh, possibility to, to redeem for huge, you know, flights that cost thousands of bucks for a couple hundred. Um, but once you're aware that that's out there, you know, if we can be the, the source, your, your go to resource to help make it possible for you to do that with minimum time commitment, that's, you know, that we've accomplished our goal.
1: Uh, I tried to connect you guys. I don't know if it ever happened to uh, Cliff Ravenscraft, um, the podcast answer man. He was like asking something about like, Hey, does anyone remember that guy about travel points? I don't know who he was talking about. I'm like, I know someone that knows about travel hacking. (laughs) These Broaders guys know their stuff. And I think I did something like a a reference tag or something where I mentioned you guys. So I don't know. if I
0: I remember that. actually. I'm not sure if I, I did it <laughs> following
1: up. But. Yeah, he was his his uh Twitter handle's uh G S P N because that's his like podcast network. But uh yeah so do, it,
0: Yeah, we, we talked. I don't I don't know if I ever went anywhere, but I I definitely had a kind of a quick back and forth with him.
1: So I'm gonna I'm actually gonna try you're gonna go to uh, Bangkok this year?
0: I'm not gonna be in Bangkok. Uh, I got a buddy's wedding okay. uh in San Francisco or San Diego. Uh, I will be out in uh, in Ho Chi Minh a couple of weeks after. So I'm flying to Tokyo. I got my buddy that's teaching English there. I'm going to spend a couple of weeks with him and then hopefully hang out with the D.C. crowd for about four weeks in Ho Chi Minh. I really, you know, that's been like a major goal. I realized after last year that, um, you know, being close physically in the same places as some of these these ballers in the D.C. is a huge value add. And, you know, you can you can make friends, you can make good connections that are still valuable online. But uh, the velocity of those relationships is is so so much better when you're when you're there in person. So I'm going to be hanging out in the D.C. hub, so to speak, uh, for a couple of weeks, and uh, AJ will be at the the conference, so I okay. uh, will have one rep there. To-
1: yeah, I'm going to try to make it. I, didn't, I I joined the D.C. after the last. Uh, the conference, um, and so many people were saying so many good things about it that I was like, I, I gotta make it out. But I, I, I only want to pay 200 bucks for my ticket, so I gotta pay attention <laughs> over the next couple of it's months. Happy to help. So, yeah, we'll, I'll, I'll keep tabs and uh, I gotta rack up some miles and some spend, I think. But I think, uh, my goal is to not only make it, but only, make sure I only pay no more than. A couple of hundred bucks for my ticket. Let's level
0: up, man. Let's get you in business class.
1: <laughs> yeah, that would be sweet, right? Because some yeah. of those airlines, right, get man, a nice little
0: nap on the way over, <laughs> some free booze some reasonable food.
1: Yeah, uh, we'll do that. We'll do that, and then I, I'll I'll hook up with AJ, and we'll do a live from uh, Bangkok episode or something like that. Very cool. Yeah, that'd be great. So wrapping up, um, you know, when you think about like how you actually ended up where you're at now. Um, I know why, like, I'm a big fan of like traveling and, you know, if this kind of, this goes into your train of thought of why you do what you do on a regular basis or or what is it that drives you. But like, if I were to ask you, like what, you know, like Eric, why do you do what you do and how do you think you ended up where you are now? Like, uh, you know, what would you say?
0: I think, I think the thing that drives me the most is, is learning. I love learning and travel presents so many opportunities for that. That I think that became my 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 avenue, my outlet to to really be able to satisfy that, that urge to learn new things. So when I get to do this international travel, I'm trying to learn language, I'm trying to understand culture, make friends with people that are you know coming from totally different backgrounds or um, you know a totally different place. And I think that that sort of sensory overload of being someplace that's not in your comfort zone uh, is the most exciting challenge. I mean, that's that's definitely my drug, uh, and so. I think when I realized that I could potentially, you know, it wasn't going to be easy, but that I could build a business around travel and that I could, you know, sort of do this as my day-to-day life and I wouldn't have to work, 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 and then, you know, finally get free for a vacation uh, and try and cram all the enjoyment into a couple of weeks. That, that was the, the light, you know, the light bulb going off that, um, I really am a huge advocate of slow travel. I really like, um, you know, it's great to to do kind of a whirlwind and see new places, but it's always for me with the intention of deciding which places are worth coming back to and sticking around for a little bit. And so I think that's that's kind of what drives me and makes me passionate about this is um, I, can, I can learn so much from traveling. And I see that, you know, kind of horizon of being able to do that for the rest of my life. And that's what makes me tick.
1: Yeah, man, I totally agree. Because like sometimes you need like the, the first three or four days just to decompress when you get to some place, and then you know if if you're there for a week or two weeks, I mean, it's like you're almost back on the plane right when you get into the swing of enjoying a new place.
0: Yeah, yeah, you don't want to you don't want to have to leave before uh, before you really get to you know appreciate it and see it a little bit. And I think that's also true if you're if you're working and traveling. It's a different thing to if you're taking a vacation for two weeks and you're just totally free for those two weeks it's a lot easier to get it in if you're still you know, in your day-to-day, taking a little bit of time to work, taking a little bit of time to explore. takes a lot longer to you know, to be able to get to know a place.
1: Well, Eric, man, thanks so much for jumping on, Podcast Junkies. Um, where, where's your online home, uh, and where where should people look you up if they want? Come the
0: uh, find us at com. Thanks for having me. And you're… Uh,
1: and you're, you're,
0: and you're it, was, uh, it was really great. Uh, what's that?
1: Your uh, Twitter is uh, a broader world, right?
0: Yeah, a broader world is Twitter and uh, com. Basically, any any questions, shoot us a note on Twitter or, uh, at support at a and we'll we'll help you out. Do anything we can to help you get those tickets booked.
1: Well, if anyone didn't know what travel hacking was, uh, I'm sure they will. At least their interest will be peaked after this episode, and this is definitely the source to go to. Because, uh, like I said in my in a recent tweet, these guys know their shit. So.
0: <laughs> cool on, man! I love that one. That shit, <laughs>
1: So uh, thanks for jumping on on short notice and I'm sure we'll keep in touch man. Um, I'm watching you guys pretty closely and uh, hope to to meet up in person soon. Maybe Detroit. Maybe Detroit. Hopefully. Yeah, Yeah. let's
0: see if we can make that happen, man. right, man. Have a good night.
1: So as you listen to this, Eric and AJ are probably flying across the globe and It's hard to feel bad for them when they're going to be spending time at the World Cup in Brazil. Not a bad way to see some soccer. But I think it's a product of them doing the things they love and then uh, working on something that they're passionate about. And uh, The the mileage hacking, they've done their homework. And now they're using it to enjoy life. I really admire them for what they're doing. I really recommend you check out the show. Yeah. Show notes for everything we mentioned podcastjunkies. dot com slash eleven. Circling back on the topic of podcast production that Eric mentioned on the show, uh, another reminder that we have a free ebook you can check out at podcastjunkies. dot com slash eight tools, the number eight, or just check it out from the main page. It's a uh, a small collection of uh, tools that I've used to put the the podcast together and that have been very helpful for me and and I think um, you'll enjoy them. This week's outro music is Damon Albarn and the track is called The Selfish Giant. As always, comments and feedback are very, very welcome. Uh, Sometimes It's a bit strange speaking into a microphone by yourself. So if you're liking the show, I've gotten uh, some nice uh, iTunes reviews already and some good comments in the show notes pages uh, from some folks. So keep that coming. I really appreciate it. And um, anything I can do to make the show better for you guys, please let me know. Take care, guys. Have a fantastic week.